All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode two uh, for Day Late and Dollar Show podcast. Uh, thank y'all for being here. We really appreciate it. Everyone that's listened last week, uh, man, it was 23 of y'all for our first episode. We, we super appreciate it. We love y'all. Yeah. Hey, real talk. I mean, I just gotta say, you know, that that's big. We kind of, we have been talking about doing this for a while and going back and forth what we want to talk about the different things. And we kind of, we settled on a few different things. Uh, first and foremost, you know, we didn't really address this in episode one, and we haven't really put it up on any of the social media, uh, but how we came up with the name Day Late and Dollar Short. And for the record, I don't want to say in the podcast, I hate people, because sometimes I don't like people certain days. I'm like, oh, how about we do We Hate People podcast, but I'll just go ahead with yeah, you know, idea. And while I fully supported both of those names, because uh, <laughs> if you know me, I kind of hate people on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Like, sometimes breathing. That annoys me. It's like, because I look at them and they're like, oh, they're breathing. God, I got to deal with these people. Oh, and, you're, you're around me. I don't want to yeah, be around you. Yeah, no. You know, like, Go away. Just, just for a point of reference, I'm in sales. I've been in sales for a long time, and I'm an introvert by nature. So, uh, naturally, I don't like dealing with people, and I'm in an industry where I deal with people nonstop. So you out in the wrong job description. Say, well, you know what? <laughs> in the wrong they, job. They say, you know, everybody's telling me that I'm good with people. I know how to talk to people. You are. You are good with people. Yeah, That's a problem. I don't like to be. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. So also, uh, yeah, we're going to do our best not to yawn in this episode. I know I did some yawning last time, but we, we got it together. We got some coffee going. So caff- we're, we're pretty well caffeinated, so no yawning. But yeah, we... Uh, we still my young, we're old. Yeah. We're in our thirties. I know, right? Well, I say, bro, don't early early thirties. Early thirties, yeah. So, I don't know if there's no actual number on it, but right. I'm say we're so, our early thirties. Facts. So daily dollar short. Uh that kind of just popped into me into my head one day. And we were talking about, you know, we were talking about the pack podcast. We were talking about the topics. We were talking about the things we wanted to talk about. And in my mind I looked at it, I was like, a lot of time when it comes to Things like podcasts, YouTube channels, Facebook pages, Instagram. A lot of them, you know, we're not news addressing it right in that minute. We're, we're talking about it after it happens. You know, when things are being done, have been done, are in the process of being done. So it's one of those situations where, you know, the phrase day late and dollar short just popped into my head thinking about it. Because it's like, you know, we're going to be day or days late when things happen. You know, and we're going to suggest our own topics and we're going to suggest our own solutions and we're going to give our thoughts and our opinions on this platform that we use. So I felt like Daily Dollar Show was kind of an appropriate, appropriate name at that point, just because we're, we're addressing it in our own, on our own schedule. You know, we're not out there. We're not a news outlet. We're just two guys who have an opinion on things. And, you know, we hope that y'all, you know, enjoy listening to our opinions and we appreciate everyone that has and that does. So... That's kind of how Day Late Dollar Short came about. You know, we realized that in that moment, we weren't going to be on time all the time. And, you know, we're not we we may not be the people sitting there throwing out resolutions or throwing out things that get stuff done. Mm -hmm. We're just going to give our opinions and do the best that we can. And at the end of the day, just try to be the best people that we can. So once he said that, I was like, all right, cool. I'll go with that name because I figure we need to attract listeners, not 
to tear them away with the I hate people podcast. But, that would probably not hey, attract not real people. talk though. You know people hate people. That is true. So we probably could got some lot of uh, a lot of followers, but I feel like a day laid out short. It's kind of kind of catchy, you know. Everybody knows the saying, so I was like, "All right, I roll with it." Hey, we hate people though. That that could be an episode in the future though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like if you if you have stories about hating people, feel free to show them, share them mm-hmm. with us on social media, Facebook, IG, Twitter, all those places uh, that we're at because we hate people too uh, on a day to day basis. So we love you though. Yeah, we love all y'all. We appreciate y'all. Uh, <laughs> You know, y'all are the reason we're doing this. Uh, all the followers on Facebook, all the followers on IG, all the likes, all of the the people that listened on Anchor and all the different other places. Uh, Even on Twitter, well, we're working on Twitter right yeah, now. Yeah, we just we just got Twitter up and running, so that's that, there's that too. And look, uh, we posted all the links on our Facebook page. You know, we're on so many different platforms when it comes to podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're working on Apple Podcasts. I think that's like one of the last ones that we need. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, and, on, uh, Outbreak. I never heard of Outbreak before. Right. So we're on uh, several different platforms when it comes to podcasts. Just to give you a little uh, quick hit of everything we're on. We're on Pocket Casts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Spotify, and I believe the last one is Outbreak. Which I've never heard of, but no, so, yeah. you know, Apple Apple Podcasts is coming like we're trying to get on that one. We're just not there yet. Uh so you know, that's that's one thing that's that's next up in the works. We're waiting on that one. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, so that's that's you know, we want like I said, we wanted to thank everybody. Like and follow all the social media pages. You know, comments, questions, topics, suggestions, whatever you guys got. You know, we we would love to hear them because that makes a difference to us. You know that that you know input is always awesome. It allows us to, you know, formulate ideas and topics and things like that. So that when we have something we want to talk about, we have input. Absolutely, we, we appreciate all that. All right. So first topic of the day, we want to talk about. The whole situation of uh, money raising with the churches. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I know this hits you pretty hard. So, so this is one of those things. So, I I grew up Catholic. Uh, so did I. You know, I went to St. Maria Goretti on the east. I went to Catholic school for for a fair amount of time. Most of elementary school was in Catholic school. Uh, I went to uh, St. Pat Padua on Canal Street. There you go. And I went to uh, Brother Martin High School. Yeah, that's about as Catholic as it gets yeah, right there. Yeah, Catholic education. That is. So, uh, one of the... And, and to put to, to put this in a perspective, I'm not super religious now. I, I guess I would classify myself as more spiritual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would say that I am Christian. I do believe in the Christian faith. But I feel like when you look at organized religion... A lot of times it's self-serving. Hmm. It's it's one of those things like, you know, historically Catholicism, Christianity, you know, especially if you're talking about Baptist and Methodist and Pentecostal and all the different subgenres of these religions. Mm-hmm. You know, Jehovah Witnesses. Uh, you know, Jehovah Witness, uh, Mormons. You know, you see. All of them trying to essentially do the same thing. But it's really, in my opinion, I look at it like politics. They're politicking. They're trying to get people to come to their church to pay for their building funds. Mm-hmm. And pay for their, you know, I mean, their, their pastoral I mean, ceremonies. That's facts. You know, so, you know, but what we want to talk about is the money. So, 
we were we were going through our articles, doing our research and everything like that. And some of the richest families in all of France, the billionaires, the big money grips, you know, the the French equivalent of your Elon Musk, your Bill Gates, your Warren Buffett's, your your Bezos, your your French equivalents. And I'm talking about uh, these families are people that own L'Oreal, the uh, the hair products that mm-hmm. people buy and use all the time. You know, some of these people have telecommunication companies and energy companies. They have all these different companies. You know, they are they raised between these families over seven hundred million dollars. Easy. In like less than a week. And it's still growing to this day. Yeah, I think it's like the seven twenty eight, seven thirty. So, you know, in a week they raised seven hundred and thirty million dollars for this church. Now don't get me wrong. I understand the, the church of Notre Dame is super historic. It's eight hundred and fifty years, some of them. Something like that. You know, yeah. you know, almost hitting a millennia. It, it, the church itself is older than the country that we live in currently. Mm-hmm. You know, when you put that into perspective, it's like older by like a couple hundred years. Okay. Yeah. You know, so, you know, it's it's a big thing. But you talk about events and things going on. So Notre Dame caught fire. You had 2,000 plus year old mosques that caught fire in Jerusalem. One of these places was the third holiest site. For the nation of Islam. Now, for those of y'all that may not know, uh, Jesus was a Jew. Here you go with this. So I'm just gonna say, like, you know, you gonna you, just you can't you can't like one and hate the other. I'm just saying. You go, cuz was a Jew. Like he got a religion named after him. You about to turn away our Jew listeners, man. Say, bro, look, I ain't turning away nobody. Look, I'm gonna tell you right now. I don't care who you are, who do you pray to. I don't care about none of that stuff. You're you. I respect all that. What I'm saying is the the outpouring of coverage. These these mosques, these holy places that have been around for thousand, you know, well over a thousand years each, mm-hmm. are not getting the same national coverage because of how. The religion is portrayed. Well, the Be- fact that people, people know more about Notre Dame than the other places. I but think, see, too. that's that's closed-minded. Like these, nah. people, they know more about a church in France. But let's be real; it's because it's white folk. It's French. French. Yeah, and they're very rich, as you can tell. Yeah, you know, but the Middle Eastern the rich people love going to Abu Dhabi. They build like 90 floor skyscrapers. They got bread over there. <laughs> I mean, you acting like the Middle East ain't rich. They got all the oil in the world. That is true too. I mean, they they see they'll accidentally set a desert on fire. They hiring right now. Look, they hey, I told you about that truck driving drive in the Middle East. I don't like truck driving that much. I may may reconsider it though. So, but we talking about the money though. So, oh, and also, uh, we were talking about the lack of outpouring for the three churches. I believe it was Saint Landry Parish here in Louisiana, Mm -hmm. where. Uh, it was a hate crime that was perpetrated by the son of a, a deputy, police officer deputy, yeah. uh, in that parish. And, and he was 21 years old. That young man. man. No, he was uh, that young. That's... Uh, I'm going to always say this. Anytime the kids turn out like that, I always reflect back on the parents. Like, what were you doing that your kid turned into basically an arsonist that hates black people for some random reason? So you convinced that his dad, who's a cop, is racist? No, I don't. I don't think. It, I don't think his dad is racist. I think his dad's not involved. I, I mean, I would say like his parents suck. 
Like, I'm sorry. There's, there's, you, you failed at parenting. I and mean, he got it from somewhere, though. That's what I'm saying. He got it from somewhere. Like, so where, where were y'all at? You know, so yeah, maybe the parents are racist low key and we just don't know. Maybe. You know, but getting back to the, getting back to the issue at hand. So this is, this is what we kind of looked at. So we're, we're all familiar with Flint, Michigan. Uh, they haven't had clean drinking water in like four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to say shout out to Elon Musk. He went, to all the schools in Flint and installed uh, filtered water uh, water drinking stations in all of the schools so that these kids would stop drinking uh, polluted water, which is awesome. You know, him and his foundation went out there and did that. You know, people, and there's been all kinds of support and things like that. Uh, money has been poured into Flint. Uh, they got a They got a loan, which isn't really a loan from the U.S. government, so I'm not going to make it seem like nothing's happened. The loan was for like $120 million, and they just received the last of that $120 million. And mind you, it has no interest, and they it's forgiven automatically. Yeah. But in re- looking at the numbers, they need $300 million more dollars. Yeah. Also, a uh, shout out to uh, Josh Norman and your boy from the Saints, uh, Demario Davis, for bringing some water over there, too. That was in the early Oh, yeah, they March. flew in like pallets of water and mm-hmm. stuff like yeah, that, bottled water. Like a whole U haul truck of, of water. Right. So, so you know, shout out to them, I, I, I don't want to make it seem like people aren't doing nothing, but here's the thing. So, <clears throat> we're talking about people on that Bill Gates, Warren, Warren Buffett, Buffett, Jeff Bezos level, like billionaires. Mm-hmm. Like, not millionaires. Like, yeah, Josh Norman got millions of dollars. Josh not Norman, none that Warren Josh, Buffett, Bill Gates level. Josh Norman got like. You know, maybe maybe ten million in the bank, twenty million in the bank when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk got twenty point not twenty one billion billion with a B <laughs> with a B billion. So repeat that again. Twenty 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 point nine billion dollars. <laughs> like 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 you know billion dollars. So let's be real. Flint still needs three hundred million more. If we do the math, they raised seven hundred and thirty million dollars for a church in one week. In, in one week, between we between legitimately like seven people, <laughs> literally, like, like somebody donated two hundred million euros, euros, which is like two hundred thirty million American dollars. And somebody donated a hundred million euros. No, but two people donated two hundred million euros. Also, yeah, and then million, somebody else, two other people donated like half of that, like a yeah. hundred million each. So, like, four people donated, like, $600 million. Uh, let's put this in a perspective. Four people and or families donated $600 million to rebuild a church. We're talking about a whole city where people live that don't have clean drinking water, that have been drinking lead-filled drinking water for years. Because, like, this doesn't happen overnight. That is horrible. So I feel like it's kind of them things where you just lay your cards on the table and say, this is what we do for our people. You know, what y'all going to do for y'all? Because it's like a black eye. I, I feel like it's a black eye in the U.S. Because like Apple's going to donate money to Notre Dame. You know, Donald Trump sending out his condolences and stuff. And look, the U.S. government broke them off $120 million. I get it. Like, it's $120 million. Like, I ain't going to front. Like, that ain't a lot of money. That, lot that of is a money. lot of freaking money. But if these private entities in France... Can watch a church burn down. Now, mind you, it's a church. It's not a city. It's not housing. It's history. And I get history is important, knowing where you come from, all those things like that. Mm-hmm. But if they can get together and raise 700 million plus, why can't 
you know, our, our, our American equivalents do the same thing. It was spoiled. I don't even think it's sport. I think it's, you know, I think it's out of sight, out of mind. And I think at the same time, you're talking about a predominantly African-American city and a bunch of white billionaires versus uh, the Catholic Church, which, mind you, the Catholic Church is in Rome, is in a state to its, is, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's like Washington, D.C. You know, it's a, it's a entity unto itself in a whole nother country. So, like, the Catholic Church ain't broke by any stretch of the imagination. They can they can go in the bank and swipe the black card, and this church will get fixed. Mm-hmm. And y'all giving them money anyway. No argument there. So let's be real. Like, you know, people need to be held accountable for this. What you think? See, so think Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, y'all get together. Like, look, y'all, this is embarrassing. The fact that. It's the country of France raises the amount of money in one week. We can't it come up with even the country of France. It's like five people. I'm just saying that. Well, they from France, though. So I'm saying it's five. It's people. five people. Five people. But they from France. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying they, that's their. That's their people. You know what I'm saying. So where are our people? At? That's that, and that's the exact point I'm trying to make. Like I feel like they sit down and know y'all. How can we put together to save Flint, Michigan? So as we said earlier, they're probably thinking, you know what? That's not our problem. I don't live in Michigan. Ain't my problem. So, you know right. what? I'm holding on to my money because it's my money. Right. Who said I got to help out in Michigan? I mean, like, and like I said, props to Elon Musk for uh, for, for breaking off the schools with water. But, like, let's be real. Them kids do go home? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, they go home. Like, and their water still contaminated. Like, they take a shower and they got hard water with lead in it. That's disgusting. So, that, that's just crazy to me. So, I mean... And mind you, though, this is a historic thing. This is something that has happened in the U.S. a number of times. Like the churches weren't the black churches in St. Landry Parish that got that got torched by the arsonists. You know, they weren't getting the same coverage as Notre Dame. And then, you know, people started calling them out about it. And then the money started flowing in. And it was before, but not to the degree that it was after the fact. So I think they raised about one million dollars from like GoFundMe or something like that. Yeah, like one GoFundMe. And I know there's other there's other sources of money that have come in. You know, since since they were called out about it. But my thing is, though, where is like Gail Benson? Where is Anthony Davis? Where is Drew Brees to put so some money up for this? Where Oprah? But she where? ain't from here, though. Where she, where? Whatever. I'm just saying, like, where where are our Louisiana leaders, like, with that money? Come on now. Uh, and that's real. That's facts. Help us out, y'all. So. You know, we 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 talking about this, and now we're thinking, you know, what what can you do? So people have started GoFundMe pages. People have started. I mean, we really need to hold. I think it's a it's a period of where you got to hold people accountable. Like you got to look at the people, like the people we look up to, the people who we celebrate uh, on social media. Like, what are they what are they doing in these instances? And look, I'm going to be real. Just because somebody's social media famous, just because somebody is, you know, seems wealthy or something, they may not be. So I'm not saying go out there and tell people, oh, this is what you should be doing with your money. Nah, the, that's not what I'm saying. But when it comes to situations where you see people that do have real money, like real bread. Like, Billions of dollars in the bank, what like, you're referring to? Yes. You know, and we're not holding them people accountable because let's be real. Our government ain't the uh, ain't the most solid right now. 
you know. Yeah. Look, I'm gonna be real. The government had more turnover than I ever seen in my life. I thought about applying for a job. As many people done got fired or quit, I might be able to get in. Mm. I, I feel like my resume. You can work for them if you want to. I would. I would. Say where I work for them. They, I would. They, they'd be terrified to fire me because I'd be an affirmative action hire. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But See, now I, I wouldn't go nowhere near work for the government. They can keep that corrupt ass. But for your president, nope, I'm good on that. Shit, love. Bro, why, why he gotta be my president? He ain't my. I mean, look, let's let's be real. <laughs> he everybody president. If you you if you're a United States citizen, whether you and like you already know, you already know, you probably gonna get reelected again. Nah, he already, he already raised what thirty million dollars for this uh, campaign fund. That's fine. Still, who's gonna beat him? Bernie Sanders. Uh, I have no idea. No. He All right. Him. So just to, just to clarify that that GoFundMe page for Saint for the churches of Saint Landry Parish. Uh. It's at one point eight million dollars. Split between the three churches. But also, uh Ben Watson is going out there and helping. Oh, also the owner of the Baltimore Ravens made a donation this morning. Exactly. So hundred thousand dollars. So you know That's my case. That's what I'm saying. But you know, let's be real. Uh that's that's people taking part, but it ain't it ain't the big dogs. It ain't the people with the bank accounts that, that could buy countries. But my thing, I don't understand. How come the owner of the Baltimore Ravens can make a donation, but not Gail Benson, who's the owner of the New Orleans Saints and New Orleans Pelicans? Why I'm not? not? I'm going to say this. And I guess I'll kind of be the devil's advocate in this situation. Please. I, I need to hear this. I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. Because you, you, you never really know what somebody's doing. But, like, let's be real. It took a week for these people in France to raise $700 million. That's disgusting. Seven hundred million. No, I mean that's good for them, but I'm just but, saying that's an embarrassment to us as the United that's States. What I'm like, that's embarrassing. Exactly. Like we need to look at our, we need to self reflect and look at ourselves and be like, what are we really doing? Like, Not a damn thing. Yeah. So, what y'all think about that? You know, do do we need to hold these 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 billionaires and mega millionaires and these people with the real bread? You know, do we need to hold these people more accountable for what they do with their money? Because, look, let's be real. When you die, you can't take it with you. And, you know, you look at these people who have had millions and millions of dollars that have died and given it all away. Like, mm-hmm. I've read article after article about the people who maybe didn't have kids or didn't have any family or whatever. And they've donated to charitable causes and things like that. You know, it's just one of those situations where you're looking at it like... What are you doing with your money? Is being is being a billionaire? Does being a billionaire matter that much to you? Is it an ego thing? Is it a is it a you know? Is it a status thing? It's like oh, you can say you're a billionaire. Like really, it doesn't matter that much. I think it does. I mean, the fact that they got that much money to begin with is like you're gonna have a sort of ego. I have that kind of money. I'm with it. You can have an ego, but you know, you talk about you talk about you know. What you're trying to do for people, and let's be real, you ain't really trying to do stuff for people. You're trying to do a lot of stuff for yourself, and maybe that's maybe that's a just a mindset I have as being someone who who doesn't have millions of dollars at this point in my life. Oh, love million dollars! I, you know, I aspire to one day. Maybe I'll get there. Maybe I won't. Whatever, whatever thing, whatever's in store for me will be in store for me. But I just know that if I look at it, and I was like I said, I had that kind of bread. You know, I don't think I could sit by and look at. A city where there's children that don't have clean drinking water and not do something legitimate. Like, not, not do something legitimate. Mm-hmm. To 
like something with a long lasting because let's be real bring in like a pallets of bottles of water those bottles of water eventually disappear like they get used mm -hmm. that's not a renewable resource the drinking water that comes through the pipe that's always gonna that, that should always be there and Correct. it should be healthy at the very least i mean i know not everybody drink tap water you know some of y'all a little bit more bougie you gotta have your bottle your zark your small water your va your boss water or whatever you ain't but gotta do all that. i'm just saying like I, I drank tap water coming up it ain't killed me yet it is what it is knock on wood i know right shout out to elaine's parish uh sewage and water boy i know they and they ain't worth shit either look, i know they working hard right now <laughs> they can't my goodness anyway all this flooding they got going on here boy. i know look, ain't even ready to start flooding <clears throat> i understand so all right uh like i said what y'all think about that share your thoughts share your comments we'd appreciate it uh but but moving on to topic number two what does it mean to be a man and the stereotypers of being a man so what do you think defines a man i feel well, like first of all what do you think is a stereotype of being a man uh being hard being strong like not showing emotion i think those are those are negative stereotypes like you know, we we read an article this week about uh, excuse me, toxic masculinity and how people are addressing it and how people are, you know, trying to change the narrative. And then you know, you look at the Me Too movement. You look at uh, the gender pay wage gap. You look at all these different things that are addressing uh, masculinity uh, in the workplace and social settings and everything. And, you know, yeah, there, there are a lot of disparities because there have always been these images portrayed of what a man should be. Mm -hmm. As a provider, uh, like you said, somebody strong who does things around the house, you know, you go, you make that money, you go to work while the wife stays home, raise the kids and all that was stuff. But I mean, should I be a stay home dad? And my wife made $12 million. Hey, that's facts. Like people, a year. <laughs> people were people were circulating an image on Facebook on social media, uh, talking about uh, you know the husband makes forty four grand a year, the wife makes four hundred thousand dollars a year. She's a neurosurgeon. You know what do you think about that? And you know you don't know, you don't ever know if these stories are true or not. You don't ever know if the 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 backstory behind something like that. But I'm like you know what he he makes forty four grand a year. That is literally you can't live off of forty four thousand. I'll say this: as a single man, you can live off forty four thousand dollars a year. Uh, it's tough, but very depending on where tough. you live, I mean, you look at the average rent in New Orleans is about thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars a month. Times twelve, you're spending about fifteen, sixteen grand in rent. Okay, then you still got your car insurance, your car note. If you have a car, Uber and Lyft. So you know, there's a lot of every day for work. You do that, catch an Uber. I mean, catch the work. bus, whatever. Like. They're alternatives. You seen the RTS in the walls? I know it's rough. You wait these two hours for one little bus. Look, and we'll come back another two hours. I know, and then you got to live somewhere with a bus run consistently too. Exactly. Don't 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 live like me and live outside of the city limits a little bit. So. <laughs> no, not at all. You don't want to do that. So yeah, but I feel like there's so many negative stereotypes to what it means to be a man. But last thing about that. So are you saying that? He made forty four thousand. She made how much? Four hundred. She makes literally ten times. So as a man, would that hurt your pride a little bit that your wife makes so much more money than you? Nah. I mean, okay. 
So I'm gonna say I'm I'm not a, I don't believe I'm the traditional man. Like I I tried to be that guy and I sucked at it. Uh, in a sense that not that I was just this great pro- not that I wasn't a provider or not that I wasn't like a protector or anything like that. Like I can do those things. I do those things. I've done those things before. But I was raised by so many strong women that held it down. You know, single mom. Uh, my dad was around, but I lived primarily with my mom, mm-hmm. you know, uh, other women in my life that did a lot of the things that you could say a man would do, mm-hmm. like fixing things, taking the trash out, bringing home the bacon, you know, whatever, whatever. Right. That, you know, sometimes in life we all play different roles. Like, I don't think it's like it was 50 or 60 years ago. Like, let's be real. You're not living on $40,000 a year 50 years ago. You you're yeah, you good. You're balling. You're good. Stay-at-home wife. You got two cars, your house. You got the nuclear family. Two and a half kids, a dog, husband and wife, and you got a house. Now, Jeez. if you ain't got two incomes, you ain't making it. Nope. So, like... It's a hustle now. Like, you gotta... I feel like the stereotypes make the hustle harder. Like, if you're playing into those stereotypes, you're making life harder for you. Like, I know in my particular situation, uh, I got married real young. And I... uh, I, I had a good job. I had a place. I had... Like, I had a good job. I had a house. Uh, my bills weren't super expensive, but I'll be real. I was like terrible at managing money. Mm-hmm. So like I told the person I was with, I was like, look, I suck at managing money. But that's because what I grew up around and the perception of how money was handled was very different. Like I didn't I didn't have like parents that taught me how to balance a checkbook. You know, like I don't I don't ever remember having that like you know, what credit means, how important it is to have good credit, you know, and you can say it's kind of common sense to pay bills on time, but a lot of times, you know, we have these things of like responsibility taught to us. Like people teach us how to be responsible. You just don't inherently know how to be responsible. So to say that, you know, I, I, my behaviors, my bad behaviors were learned and they stuck with me for a really long time. I see. So for me, I got to the point where, like, I would pay bills like buku late. <laughs> like I'd always pay bills late. Like I had a car repossessed. Like I, I made like really terrible decisions when I was younger with money. I'm so much better now, but it was like really, really, really hard trial and error. Yeah. See, yeah, my mom was very good, kind of teaching me how to man stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, a woman being in charge of stuff like that, I mean, it's definitely. A good example, like my wife is very good with finances, so I'm proud of the way that she handles the household. But if she made, you know, $400,000, I would not be mad at all. So I'll be more than happy to be a stay-at-home husband. I would, you know, do laundry, do dishes. Not a fan of doing dishes, but I'll do it just for the sake of my wife. They always say a happy wife is a happy life, so that's the, the method I'm following. So I have no problem with that. So... My question to you is, do you have a personal story of a man, like of your manhood being questioned? 
I mean, yeah. Like, I think we all have those stories. Uh, I, I think if you're a man and you've been through it and you've lived life, you, you, you have moments where your manhood is questioned. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you know, what you gonna do? I know for me, like, and it wasn't even by, it wasn't by anybody in particular. It was by me. Like, I, I questioned my own manhood. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I want to say I got separated in 2014. My divorce was final in 2015. And when that happened, uh, I was homeless for a minute. And I was spiraling really bad. I was drinking. I was smoking. Like, I was, I was like, trying to subconsciously, like, kill myself, Loki. Uh, I was doing, like, I was eating terrible, drinking and smoking. I put on a ton of weight. I wasn't taking care of myself. And, like, I was just depressed. <clears throat> and if you don't know, I have two sons. Uh, they're awesome. Uh, I love them with all my heart. And I'll never forget, like, in between being homeless, like, I would crash by a friend's house or whatever. And my uh, my kid's mom wasn't always the most understanding of situations. So I would stand by a friend's house. They had like a spare like uh, guest room or whatever, and the kids were there with me so I could spend some time with them. And my son looks me in the eye, and he you know looks me dead in the face, and he's like, you know, when are you gonna get your own place? Damn. When are you gonna get our house? And like, if that wasn't the realest gut punch, that would have shocked the hell out of me. Say, bro. I mean, I mean, the kid was like three. Like, when are we gonna have our house, daddy? And like that was like the gut punch for me to get my stuff together, mm-hmm. you know, because I was just so depressed. Like I had been sick. Like I had a heart attack at twenty seven. Uh, I got sick. They thought I might have had prostate cancer. Like a little over a year later, turned out to just be a prostate infection. Uh, and I mean that's still scary though. Like. You know, within like two, two and a half years of each other, I have like two serious medical conditions. Like I'm depressed. I'm not taking care of myself. And it's like literally, okay, I'm in that moment. Like I put my kids to bed that night and I'm like, like, say, bro, what the hell are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you, what are you doing with your life? And look, I'm not going to like, it didn't just turn around at that point. Like it got harder. (laughs) Like it got infinitely more difficult. Like I spent the last four years building my life back from scratch with like one hand tied behind my back props to you yeah but you know there's a lot of cats that have been doing it for longer mm-hmm. you know and honestly like i'm still not where i want to be but you know i got my own place i got my own whip like i got i got i got foundation like foundational stuff you know having to start your life over right around 30 years old is not easy when you've been through so much but that was my moment of like, are you like a real man or not? Like, are you going to be like some of these cats that are out here worthless and not doing anything with themselves and will never do anything with themselves? Are you going to be like that statistic where you're a deadbeat dad who doesn't do anything? Or are you going to do everything you can to make something of your life so you can give something to your kids and show your kids that they can be successful no matter what? Because like, it, it's not easy. When you have those, like, are you a man moments. And that was my are you a man moment for me. Like, literally grinding 
10, 12, 14 hours a day sometimes for years to not get ahead, but get to get back to the starting line. Mm-hmm. Like to go from homeless, sleeping in a car that was loaned to me by a friend and to my partner that did that, bro, you saved my life. I will, I, you know, just, just if you ever listen to this, if you're listening, whatever, you saved my life. I love you always, bro. But uh, to, to sleeping in a car that was loaned to me by a friend, sleeping in like public library parking lots and like Walmart parking lots, you know, getting a $10 gym membership because that's all I could afford to have somewhere to take a shower uh, before and after work and things like that. Uh, like all of those things, it was a struggle to get back to the starting line. Like I'm, I can say I'm back where I was before I got married. And I'm finally putting myself in a position to get ahead now. And there are still things that kind of kind of weigh down on me and hold me back because there's so much trauma and there's so many things I've experienced in between. But you got to deal with it. And that's what I look at like being a man is like my, my you know, are you a man moment is like having my son look at me and like when we're going to have a house of our own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got to I have a house they can come to that they can call theirs and like they can run around and play and have fun and do everything they want to do. And I'm not I'm not worried about nothing because it is my crib. Like my name's on a lease and everything. So there you go. You know, and then just overcoming stuff. But I will say that one thing I've learned about being a man, like bottling up emotions is like the worst thing you can do. Yeah, I learned that. <laughs> Definitely learned that. You know, but that's that's my my like are you a man story. What you got? What's yours? So mine, uh not as serious as that one. But uh my bad story. <laughs> Some weight out there. Yeah, mine is a little funnier. I mean, it wasn't funny at the time, but okay. So, it happened a couple weeks ago. Those who follow me on Instagram know this story, so I'm gonna tell the full story. Okay, okay, full okay. Story time. all right, from the top. So, this happened, I'll say a couple weeks ago in my house, like late in the evening, maybe like around like 8 9 o'clock. So, as I get ready for bed. I had to close the blinds in my house. I'll never like my windows be open at night. I just my little fetish. I don't know what it is, but anyway, it's not a fetish, bro. That's a, that's that's not a fetish. Well, my wife thinks that I'm just too picky about it, but okay, is what it is. Anyway, do you think? So as I was downstairs turning off each blind, I noticed something by one of the uh, the blinds. It was a bird in the house. In the house. Okay. As soon as I saw this bird, I screamed. Don't laugh. So, I scream, of course. He starts flying. I'm like, there's a bird in my house. Like, I'm literally, like, freaking out. Like, why is there a bird in my house? So, next thing I know, I'm looking for something to get this bird out of my house. So, then... I'm looking for, like, where's this bird at? Because it obviously flew from that, that spot. So I'm like, wait a minute. April's upstairs. You don't hear me screaming? <laughs> so I go upstairs. I'm like, April, you hear me screaming? No. Like, what's going on? I'm like, there's a bird in the house. She said, well, get it out. <laughs> All right. So I'm looking for this bird. I can't find it. But then, by the corner of my eye, he is on my kitchen cabinet. I get a broom and wave at it. That doesn't work. So then I hear him flapping his wings and Goliath terrified the hell out of me. So I'm really freaking out. 
I go outside and open the, do open the door so hopefully I can get out the door. Open the back door as well so hopefully somehow, way, this bird can either go out the back door or the front door. Now also, I forgot I had this. I have the ring on my front door so you can see he was like outside your house within like five feet. Yeah. So you can literally see me with the broom in my hand looking for this bird. So at one point, so our kitchen window is by the front door. So you can see me going outside the front door trying to knock on the window to get the bird to come out. He wouldn't come out. So then I grabbed the broom. I'm like, bro, you can get out of my house. So I go back inside the house. He flaps his window again. He flaps, he flaps like, <laughs> I run out the house. Scream. <laughs> I'm like, get this bird out of my house. Because oh, I was really freaking out because like, you see a bird, you don't freak out. But if a bird is in clothes like vicinity, like all that flapping his wing just scared the hell out of me. I'm like, you know what? I'm a man. I'm a protector. <laughs> I shouldn't be scared of no damn bird. So at one point, I know what? Fuck this. I'm, I'm going to get this damn bird. I'm, I'm like, scared of Tweety Bird. <laughs> was, it, was a, it was a ghetto bird. You wouldn't get out of my house. So literally, I'm like, bro, you get out of my house. So like, pop, pop. He went upstairs. So he didn't come down. So he flew upstairs. I'm like, April, hey, the, the bird is upstairs. So, of course, the broom's still in my hand. And I go upstairs. I'm checking all the rooms. I don't see this damn bird. So she says, did you do open the balcony uh, doors from the outside because on the outside of our second floor, we have balcony doors. So I went around through our bedroom to open the balcony doors and hopefully it will somehow fly out. It wouldn't do it. So I found out also I had this um, critter like spray. It's like a kind of poison. So mm -hmm. it would kind of aggravate the birds. Okay. So I grabbed that and I sprayed in each room because I knew he was upstairs. I know which room he was in. I made sure I sprayed it. So yeah, that was a it was a pretty bad experience. So making matters worse, that bird never left that night. The next morning, I go to work. April texted me around nine o'clock this morning. That, that that morning, saying, "Oh, the bird flew out." What you mean the bird flew out? Oh yeah, my mom came over and took care of it. When I tell you, my pride was hurt so bad. I'm like. This is a damn shame, Marlon. Yeah. My mother-in-law took care of something that I couldn't do. Yeah. I mean, that's experience, though, bro. Like, I'm trying to save your pride right now. So... Nah, my pride was lost that day, boy. Yeah, bro. Uh, so, just to let y'all know, I'm laughing the entire time. He's and everybody saw it. It was like laughing their ass off. Like, oh, that's yeah. so funny. I'm like, bro, it's not funny. You said yeah. the bird? You're scared of a bird? Yeah. All right, let's put a bird in your house and see how you react to that. It's a bird. I don't give a damn. <laughs> Let a bird be in your house and see how you react. I'm a I'm gonna call a cat. I don't have a cat. You know what? I got a dog. When when the bird went upstairs, I mm. sent my dog to go get it. That ain't gonna the, the, the dog went up and came right back down. Like, what good are you? Yeah, no. You ain't got that kind of dog. No, you a badass too. So uh yeah, it for any of our male listeners out there, you know, if you got any stories about you know, your your man moment, like when you kind of evaluated what it means to be a man for you and like what, what made you kind of step up and do what you got to do, man, share them, definitely share them on the pages or whatever in the comments, you know, uh, if you want to do it anonymously, like DM us, shoot us a message or whatever, we'll be glad to share it for you. Please be more embarrassing than mine. Yeah, no, nah, it doesn't get much more embarrassing than that. Uh, so, but That yeah. was really embarrassing. I hope uh, I'll never forget that. 
he probably so I'm, I'm probably you know, I'm, I'm, I got I kind of got over it, but now that I'm telling the story, he have my pride hurt again. Give yeah. me a flashback to that damn bird. I don't, yeah. I don't like birds no more. Yeah, now I'm yeah. an Eagles fan. How'd that go? Right. Well, they suck too. So. Oh, stop that! So I'm not doing that right now. So yeah, you know we we all have we all I think we all have varying degrees of what it means to be a man. But in, in the kind of the age we live in with toxic masculinity, with the Me Too movement, with everything that's going on, I think it's time that as men, we don't allow social social stereotypes to determine what it means to be a man for us. Like, we, we definitely need to, you know, define what it means to be a man for ourselves. Because whether you're, whether you're hetero, whether you're not whether you live an alternative lifestyle, whatever it is, like just because you live a different life doesn't make you any less of a man. You know, you just have to define what that means for you. And the ability to respect people's decisions, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. My bad, I mean, I'm still in my feelings right now. I'm yeah. still pondering what happened to me. But. All right, so... Uh, moving on to a topic that that deals with flying things with wings that that aren't going to scare Marlon in his house, uh, Game of Thrones. So those aren't real, by the way. But go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> CGI. You know, but go ahead. We're 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 definitely fans of Game of Thrones. Uh, we watch the episodes uh, on time every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Episode one, uh, spoiler alerts. We're we're gonna be t- discussing things that directly happened in the episode. Y'all should have seen it by now. I mean, so, how many days we are? We're on Thursday. It came out on right. Sunday. Yeah, well, the new episode come out in a few days anyway. So uh, this is getting everybody caught up. But uh, first and foremost, brand creepy as hell. Uh, brand like that dude that sit at the parking lot that don't have kids. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna just say that right now. Like that dude that sit on a bench that's just far enough away from everybody, you don't really notice him until he just you stares notice him, at you. right? And like maybe maybe it's that guy that's reminiscing over like what he used to have, or maybe you need to call the police. But that's what Brand reminded me of the whole time. Like can somebody roll his ass somewhere? <laughs> like not in the middle of the walking area. Like I would literally be that dude in Winterfell and be like, "Say, bro, uh, do you need to like roll somewhere else? Because you're in the way. Like I'm trying to move my wagon." But the way how he looked at Jamie at the end of that looked at Jamie wow. like like one Jamie looked like he ain't know Brian was alive, which he didn't. So that was entertaining. Uh, He's like, oh shit! Like, like <laughs> didn't I push you out a window? Didn't you fall? Didn't you die? I think you did, but you didn't because you're still here. Cause you saw me smashing my own sister. Right. So uh, incest, uh, that's a no. Um, Keeping keep the family. Uh, so do the Targaryens apparently. Uh, like, <laughs> hey, bro, auntie, <laughs> say, bro, that, that's hilarious. Say, bro, if if somebody, if one of them writers never like never threw up the idea to be like, hey, auntie, in the in the in the Game of Thrones, Jon Snow voice, uh, that they they slipping, they slacking. <laughs> like, cuz gotta that's walk so up in there with the accent and be like, oh, hey, auntie. Or whatever, however they do it. Hey, auntie. With so, deep voice. Hey, right. auntie. Exactly. Not so, Jordan voice. Right. That's it. So, uh, and you know what tripped me out? The fact that the thing he was tripping most about was that he's the rightful king. Like, I get that's a big deal. Low keto, you done had sex with your auntie. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say this. For anybody that's ever had any kind of relations with somebody that has pets, 
Them pets be creepy as hell because they be watching. That dragon was watching the whole time. Mm-hmm. That dragon was looking like, oh, this is what we about to do today, huh? So what the fuck you doing? Say, bro. Say, cuz. Say, round. We oh, do, we do my mama, boy. That's it. That's it. Like that little kid with the Doritos commercial where he smacked the dude trying to get us Doritos. I didn't see that commercial. That's a Super Bowl commercial, bro. You got to watch it, bro. What Super Bowl was it? Uh, a few years ago. Several years ago. The kid, like, smacked the dude in the face and, you don't touch my Doritos. You don't touch my mama. And you don't touch my Doritos. Oh. Hilarious. If you've seen it, it's hilarious and worth a watch. Oh. But uh, Theon kind of redeemed himself by saving Yara. You did. Uh, you know, you had Littlefinger. We're going to call him No Finger. Uh, He's still alive? No, no, Littlefinger's dead. I said we call Theon No Finger. You know, he ain't got. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, he got. Yeah, but I say yeah. Littlefinger, he died. Yeah, I know. We call Theon the, the, the wienerless wonder. No, that's fucked up. I, it is. It is what it is, though. But it was nice of her to send him back to help the Starks. That was nice right? of her. Facts, because he needs to repay that debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Usually. Uh, Sansa. Sansa got the juice. I'm going to say that because she ain't taking it off nobody. She mm-hmm. don't care if you got dragons or not. Sansa going to give you them eyes and everything. Just like whatever, like screw you, Arya, serial killer. Arya's savage boy. Say, bro, Arya the one. I think Arya gonna end up on the throne, low key. Like she's so. just gonna kill everybody and take somebody's face. Mm. Cersei, somebody just please kill her. I can't stand Cersei. Oh, you know, God. Cersei. She finally gave up the butt to. Uh, oh, to Euron. Yeah, she finally gave Euron some play. Euron is Euron is the most savage on the oh, TV yeah, yeah. show. Yes. Euron, Euron don't care. Euron gonna ask whatever questions. He don't care. He ain't got no filter. Like I don't like him, but as a character, I like him. I find him to be highly entertaining. Uh, and what happened with uh, with Tyrion? Episode. I'm trying to raise that Like Tyrion didn't really have a big role. Like he ran in the sense that they talked and everything. Oh yeah, kind of reminisce about their mm-hmm. marriage and whatnot. Like right, how, but uh, like, she left him at the yeah, wedding. When that's, like, yeah, but I mean, he really. I think he's gonna play a bigger role. I mean, I'm I'm looking definitely looking forward to this week's episode. It's gonna be an hour long, and then when you talk about the last four episodes, are like an hour and a half long. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really I'm really looking. I feel like you know, this episode is getting into it. Next episode, these two episodes are going to be a setup. The last four, it's literally going to, I think it's going to be balls to the wall for the last four episodes. I can't wait. I know. So, uh, man, share your reactions and comments on that. Like, we'd love to hear back from you guys. Uh, you know, there's so much stuff going on that we, we don't get a chance to talk about because this is already like we're, we're over the 50 minute mark at this point. You know, I feel like a church with a clock and it's like counting down, like how much time you got left per mm. message. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, all right, y'all, y'all done yet? All right, I need to get home. Yeah, like we're not doing a second collection today, but uh, <laughs> our first collection, you know, no, church is gonna do that first collection. You're gonna, oh, pay, yeah, they, they want yeah, the you're right. money. Yeah, you're right. You know, pastor got to buy that Bentley. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, other bins, but you know, there's so many things, there's so many things, you know, with the topics we talked about, the, the, the churches and the raising of the money. What it means to be a man, the recap of the episodes and everything, the, the, our previous episode, Game of Thrones. There's so many things out there. If there's ever anything that you want to hear us talk about or hear us discuss, you know, please send it in. Like, we, we super appreciate it. I mean, we appreciate everyone that listens and we appreciate everyone that that comments and everything like that. Likes, shares, all that good stuff. We appreciate you guys and looking forward to some more episodes. All right, well, that's it for tonight. Um, Marlon, you got anything else? Uh, To my fellow men, I'm sorry.
That is that. Hey, you gotta you gotta do what you can. You gotta do what you can. That's embarrassing. All right. I'm still my feelings about that. Yeah, I'm, feelings. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play Drake and my feelings on the way out for this one. I appreciate it. We we appreciate all of y'all. Y'all have an awesome night. Uh, we look forward to hearing from y'all. Thanks for the likes and the follows and the listens. Peace. Peace. Word.